Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. This is the COB in all its glory. It is the 6th of August, a Thursday, which means, Scuddy, it must be Friday tomorrow. I can smell the weekends, <laughs> can't you? I sure can. Look, the market was, was pretty strong today. Um, nothing to write home about, but did sort of kick it up a notch toward the end of the session. It was predictably just like the S&P 500 overnight. It's uh, S&P 500 was up about but uh, just over 0.6%. Lo and behold, we're up just over 0.6% today. So no real rhyme or reason. Now looking across the market, it was the, uh, the material sector that really drove the move. BHP with a move of more than 4% during the session. Uh, as I said on the air, the uh, big Australian got a little bit bigger today. Yeah, no big surprise though when you see the commodity prices overnight, uh, all of which is in part at least a currency story. We've got uh, the US dollar weakening. Um, you know, we had a lot of conversations about it. I know you're keen to talk to our guests about where they see the US dollar headed. So mm. what's your sort of assessment of all the different views that we got? Yeah, so uh, look, views are mixed on what the Aussie dollar, predominantly most of them are higher. And I've got to say, I'm pretty much of the same view. It's um, There's not a lot holding the Aussie dollar back. It's, uh, it's reached a level now where it's done a bit of work in the past and it's failed. Uh, just above 72 US cents. But realistically, you look about now what's going on in the United States, and I know we've got our troubles here when it comes to uh, Victoria, and uh, we're not uh, through this by any stretch of the imagination. But I was just thinking the other day that uh, it's not too dissimilar to what we saw during the GFC, albeit no very different circumstances. The one thing that's clear is that China is going to come out of this whole pandemic period far stronger than any other country in terms of speed. Uh, you can see that in the commodity prices. It's not just a US dollar story. There's also some commodity market strength. And as we saw with the Aussie dollar after the GFC, uh, that helped us go and recover pretty quickly. And it sent the Aussie dollar at the time to, uh, to a parity, dollar, dollar 10 plus. Uh, that's not going to happen on this occasion. But I can certainly see the Aussie dollar pushing higher uh, from these levels. And who knows where it can get to. The speed of the, uh, of the rebound has been so fast to date. Who's to say that it can't go and have like... 76, 78, even 80 at some point in the not too distant future. Okay, so that is the US dollar and the A dollar, so pushing higher. So will we, in the statement of monetary policy tomorrow, Scuddy, hear from the RBA? Or, you know, Lucy Ellis in her comments after, if she doesn't mention it herself, no doubt she's going to be asked about the A dollar. No, they are. They seem to be pretty relaxed about uh, what's going on with the currency. They seem to think it's fair value. It is becoming a, a neutral to, uh, to hindrance when it comes to our trade exposed sectors. I know a lot of it at the moment, we can't actually go and function because we don't have a, an open border. But uh, certainly it's going to be problematic for things like inflation. It's going to be problematic for, uh, for companies with a lot of uh, you know, offshore earnings, particularly in US dollars, to go and bring back uh, without, you know, they're unhedged at that point. So uh, there is some uh, Aussie dollar can kill us with kindness on occasion. Uh, let's hope it doesn't get too high. But uh, certainly uh, there's not a lot. I know when you look at what the US dollar prospects at the moment, who can see the Federal Reserve doing anything else but just continuing to put the foot down and stimulate 
Uh, we've got, you uh, know, Muppets in, uh, in Capitol Hill trying to go and get their act together whilst you've got a whole bunch of people who are running out of cash. And it doesn't really fill you with a lot of confidence. Like literally running out of cash. It's a pretty shocking um, yeah, situation that's unfolding in the U.S. And uh, the U.S. election, I think it's 90 if not 89 days away. So that countdown oh, yeah. will be in our minds front of center. Less than three months to go now. All right. Um, back to equities here in Australia. ResMed was one of the worst performing names today off the back of its results. So it's an interesting one because just reading some analysis right now from Goldman Sachs, it did beat consensus on its non-US device sales. You know, it, it's looking pretty strong when it comes to the ventilator demand. It grew 35%, so yeah, ex-US, and that is against consensus expectations for a 3% rise. Mask sales growth remained positive, but it did miss expectations in the US and the rest of the world. But that's because the pandemic, you know, continued much longer and uh, than perhaps many people had thought uh, at the beginning, that's one of the, the themes that I spoke of with ResMed CEO Mick Farrell earlier this morning, and you can listen to that interview via the show notes. But Goldman Sachs still says that uh, it's got a buy on the stock. It's got a U.S. Um, price share price target of $30.20. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty favorable on ResMed, despite the market, obviously. Uh, you know, I should actually say that was an $8 price target for ResMed. Uh, despite Australian investors or investors sending shares about 8.5% lower in the Australian trading day today. Marcus Padley from Marcus Today said that ResMed blew the lights out with that result. So perhaps it's a little bit of uh, ResMed being priced per, for, for perfection. We also saw the healthcare space down in general here today, Scotty. So. Yeah, and that may be that story that they're talking about the Aussie dollar. A lot of them derive their uh, the earnings from offshore. Uh, so that does go present a headwind at some occasions. So interesting with ResMed, I, I just wonder, so much of that was you know, about the uh, demand for ventilators to COVID. We know that there was massive demand. I think you're not going to go and see that tailwind. That's over and done with. And then you talk about disruptions when it comes to their core business. Uh, how is that going to go and play out with all these like, you know, rolling stoppages and the like? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some, uh, some sort of concern there about, as you said, the stock is priced to perfection. Yeah, and, and I thought also, I mean, you can listen to the interview yourself, but Mick Farrell saying, look, if COVID has done one thing, it's made people very aware of respiratory health, which of course is the business that they're in. And uh, yeah, everybody likes a good night's sleep. If you'd like to get Marcus Padley's view on ResMed, also Nick Scali, which reported today, and its share price you know, blew the lights out today. You can listen to that interview. It's in the show notes as well. It's a good one. Okay, I love the biotech space. And uh, we listened to uh, the MD and CEO of Imugene, Leslie Chong today. So it's got guidance from the FDA as it continues to embark on its clinical trial and its journey toward trials. I like that she said, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I believe in the future of this company. She believes in the research that they're doing. And uh, that share price did end lower today. But um, if you would like to listen to that interview, actually it ended higher today. It's up by about 1.8%. If you'd like to listen to that interview, you can do so via the show notes. So yeah, I think there's a really, we had a really good mix of, um, of CEOs from all sort of areas of the market on today. And that's what we will continue to do for you through reporting season. And if you'd like to catch up with all of our reporting season coverage, you can do it um, either on our website, we've got a special portion on the newsletter where you can read Scuddy's view in detail as well. Shameless self-promotion. Oh, exactly right. I love the, uh, some of the uh, chief executives we're talking today. No, 
potash uh, no producers and uh, golden explorers, all kinds of sorts. Yeah, I thought the fun. potash one was pretty good. Okay, yeah. um, Tamora, we've already mentioned the monetary policy. We've got Lucy Ellis speaking. We've got the services index for July again, Scotty. It all comes with that caveat of Victoria and Victorian lockdowns. It does. And unfortunately, because of what's happened there and the timing, a lot of these surveys are just made redundant. We saw with the CBA version, there was quite a big spike in the services PMI. So I think it was uh, you know, the high 50s. So that's signaling that directionally, most firms saw an improvement in activity during the month. But unfortunately, it's old news now. <laughs> it uh, was done uh, in the second half of last month and everything's changed this, this week. So uh, you can't read too much into it, but it'll give us some sort of insight as to maybe what to expect when Melbourne, uh, and Victoria in particular, you know, as a whole, uh, comes out of this lockdown phase, hopefully in six weeks' time. Okay, so uh, we've got jobless claims in the US tonight. We do. So all eyes on continuing claims uh, and also initial claims and also the, uh, the component which... Doesn't get captured in that, but there is uh, you know, another various uh, you know, uh, category of workers that will go and see how many uh, claimants there are there. Last week, you know, total claimants still receiving benefits. Over 30 million Americans are still on unemployment benefits. Uh, as we talked about earlier, we still don't have a resolution when it comes to those enhanced unemployment benefits either. So the higher this goes, if there's no progress, it's, uh, it's troubling. I don't, uh, I don't like what's going on in the US economy. I don't like what's happening with the uncertainty ahead of the election. Um, I just don't like it in general for the time being. Okay, and um, that all is the prelude to the U.S. non-farm payroll report on Friday. But I can see our producer Gotham is holding his head and shaking it. I've almost forgotten the stock of the day. That's what a lot of you, I'm sure, are hanging out for. It's Aerometrics, AMX, is the ticker code. I didn't know this company, but it's an aerial mapping company, and it is forecast to increase its revenue between 30 and 40% in FY21, uh, we sat down during the call with two of our, our ace guests, uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Rudy Philippek van Dijk from FN Arena. Here's what a Claude Walker had to say about AMX. Aerometrics is trying to get the market to give it a valuation that's, I guess, closer to near maps. However, uh, the thing to remember is almost all of near maps uh, revenue is basically subscription revenue, whereas most of Aerometrics is more just on-demand revenue. Now, I think a lot of that is fairly reliable, and uh, you can see they've actually increased uh, overall revenue year on year, but at the same time, it's not necessarily as recurring as the Amaps revenue, and the part that they're trying to sell on subscription, Metromap, is only a very small part of their revenue, and they're forecasting up to $2 million in FY2020. Now, to put that in perspective, Nearmap did, I think, around almost 30 million in revenue from Australia alone. So, Aerometrics is still a much smaller company at this stage. If they really are have such a competitive offering, I would expect to see uh, that revenue grow quite quickly. And if it does, I think the shares will probably follow suit. I'm, I, I would almost advocate that you follow it from the sidelines because one is gonna, gonna, going to defend their turf and the other yeah. one is going to make inroads. <clears throat> yes, there are the challenger now. They're probably going to make some inroads. Uh, they will predominantly uh, focus their activities in Australia. But see, I would assume that most of the customers are under that um, essential services label in Australia. Right. But I'm still not sure whether there will, will be not, no impact from, from the lockdowns and etc. So I would prefer to sit from the sidelines and just right. see them mature a little bit more. Yep. But if you want to make a choice in that so sector, I would go for Aerometrics. 
And that was Rudy Philippeck van Dyke finishing the thoughts there on Aerometrics, now you know. Okay, so we've mentioned what's coming up tomorrow as far as economic data, which is the services read here at home. We've got the cow guy kicking the day off at 8.35, Scott Shelley. He's joining us from Arizona to talk through the U.S. earnings overnight. We will be speaking with uh, Professor Andreas Flores. He is the CEO and founder of 4D Medical to talk about the med tech space, which we're keen on around here. We've got a great panel to talk the RBA monetary policy statement. Matthew Hassan from Westpac, Richard Yitzenga, ANZ, head to head, senior economist, chief economist going on the statement of monetary policy and they'll preview what they want to hear from Lucy Ellis. The day will be wrapped up at the water cooler with John Winning. He is the CEO of Winnings Group and he will tell us about what he's doing to help marginalize kids, what he's got his company doing and he's asking other corporates to join him. So that is the day, or some of it, tomorrow. We look forward to seeing you then, Scotty. Yeah. Good night's sleep tonight. Good Friday tomorrow. I hope so. And with the, uh, the Scott Shelley, the cow guy, I'm, I need to go get myself some kind of clobber, <laughs> some kind of like you no know, loud, uh, loud jacket to go and wear on a Friday. So if there's any, any suggestions out there, catch me on Twitter, go and, uh, go and tell me a suggestion. I'm, uh, I'm all ears. All right. See you, Scotty. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.